Welcome back to Detroit Strange. The podcast you're listening to. Yes, with your ear holes Mm -hmm. on your head. All two of them. Yes. Thanks for being here. Yeah. What a lovely Sunday evening it is. After, would you say this time is evening or afternoon? It's like 530, 545. It's like, I mean, it's like the start of the evening, I think. Okay. Starting our evening, right? Yeah. I mean, luckily it's not dark yet anymore like it was. Um, So I wouldn't call it night. It's not nighttime. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it was actually like kind of nice out outside. I didn't go outside for much, but when I was out there, I'm like, this isn't terrible. I was not outside today. Um, I was outside yesterday, though. I went on a long walk around the city with a friend, and it was lovely. Nice. Yeah. It, it was, yes, I needed it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. More sun, please. Yes. I hear it's supposed to be like 60 at some point this week. Yeah, no, this week is supposed to get crazy nice. Uh, probably actually the day this comes out. So hopefully, if if you're listening, hopefully you've got some sun on your face and yeah, put some sunscreen on. Heart. <laughs> yes, some put sunscreen. some sunscreen on. You know what? That's no joke though. Like yeah, sunscreen all the time. It's a good thing. Get get a nice foundation or you know face. Yeah. Uh, sunscreen situation. Oh yeah, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Yeah. You never have too much sunscreen on your face unless you are literally like pasty because unless it looks like you just like got mayonnaise all over your face. I was going to say unless you're doing like the 1950s sunscreen that's like not see through and doesn't soak into your skin. Don't don't have that on your face. That's too much. Do you think that works full body? Like, can I just like paint myself like fucking purple? Because like they have colored sunscreen like that because they had it at Hot Topic for a minute. Maybe that I'll I mean, start like painting myself purple with sun, like 50 sunscreen and that'll okay. be my thing. I was going to say, I think it has to still be sunscreen, though. I don't think you can yeah. just like slap some paint on. Oh, on no, for sure. And- Definitely. Like, like, <laughs> yeah, like I said, Hot Topic, I think it's like zinc. I think it's the zinc sunscreen, but they make like a colorful okay. kind. That makes sense. I did accidentally buy an organic one one time and it was like that white kind where it didn't rub really? in. And I was like, oh, no, what have I done? Yeah, I. I can't imagine a world where sunscreen doesn't blend into my skin. No, it was was not the best purchase. It was also way more expensive than it should have been because organic. Yeah. Why? Well, because it goes on your skin. I I guess that's why I probably was like, well, chemicals aren't always great. So like maybe this will be great. Was not great. Was not the look. The Luke. Not the Luke. Not the Luke. Mm -mm, No. No, bad idea. Don't do yeah. it. Yeah. But no, today I just avoided the sun at all costs. Uh, stayed inside. I am watching the Marvel Cinematic Universe in chronological order now. Oh, interesting. Where are you at? Uh, farther than I should be. I just finished uh, Iron Man 3. Okay. So I'm in the beginning of fate, what they call like the phase two type movies, but it's not in the phase order. But I think I've got all the phase ones done. Okay. What are the phase ones? Well, because I'm doing it in a different order. I might be Mm -hmm. a little bit wrong, but I know it's Iron Man 1 and 2, Thor 1 and 2, I believe. Possibly. I think the first. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The first Avengers movie would be in that. Oh, and then Hulk, the Incredible Hulk. But that one is tricky. I'm not watching that one because it's not on Disney Plus and I'm not going to rent it. Yeah. Why is it not on Disney Plus? Didn't they like buy everything? Sort of. The problem with that one is 
that it was actually made under a different production company. So it was still with Marvel, but it was uh, whoever distributed it was a different was Hasbro. It Universal. We'll no. say Hasbro. <laughs> one of them's Universal, one of them's not, and I can't remember. But basically, they don't have the rights to that one. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So there's like a whole weird thing. Uh, and that, I mean, that one's an interesting one because also like they recasted the Hulk because it was Edward Norton and yeah. now it's Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize they, st- I thought there was, so there is like no Mark Ruffalo Hulk. Like Mark Ruffalo no. is the Hulk in the Hulk, the movie.com. Correct. That is correct. Yeah. It's Edward Norton and it's just, it is a little bit, I saw it in the theaters, but I have not oh, seen yeah. it since then. So I don't really recall, but I also figured as long as you know that like, basically the Hulk was like mad. doing some science, well, no, but, he, but the, it's his origin story. radiation. Yeah. yeah. I, I've yeah. seen that one. I remember watching, yeah, I think I saw that one either in theaters, like right after it came out. Yeah. Because for some yeah. reason I thought there was one, af- like I thought, I like didn't know that Hulk was considered like canon Hulk. There was another one in there early early 2000s don't remember who the hulk was then but completely different person than two i believe so it's kind of weird because there was like not that long in between those two but this one is part of like what they call the mcu so this one like goes into the whole story arc they even reference it in some of the movies now in very interesting ways okay see you know what i'm think i'm thinking of the Hulk movie from 2003. Yeah. No, this one, I don't know when the the Edward Norton one came out, but it was not too long before because Iron Man kind of really starts the, for the, the whole thing. And I don't know. That was 2008, I believe. Yeah. I've been going deep <laughs> right now. I did not know a lot of this until recently. I am going to start. Yeah. Cause I don't think I've ever seen the Edward Norton one. Mm-hmm. If you do ever watch, if you watch them, I would say do it in the phase order, not the chronological order for your f- first watch through. I'm doing it in chronological order just because like. Like I've chronological release movies. or chronological like when they took place. Yeah. Yeah. Like it actually. So um, Captain Marvel, like that was just 2019 when that movie was made. But that place or it takes place in the, in the 90s. 80s. Oh. It's actually the it's like 89 into the 90s. I was. Okay remembering it a little inaccurately before so yeah it, but it's there's there's a stretch of time in that movie so yeah so that one actually takes place real early on compared to some of the other ones yeah because captain america is like the 40s mm-hmm. yeah that's the first one if you watch in chronological order gotcha oh wait i'm sorry that's part of phase one too captain the first captain america is part of phase one okay i've seen that one it's been a minute but i've seen that one yeah it's I love them all. The only thing I realize on this like watch through right now is how cheesy the first Thor movie is. <laughs> oh yeah, I feel like Thor in general is kind of a cheesy character. I think oh, that he, he he's not. He's gotten way bit. more self aware in the yeah. two movies I've seen him in because I I watched Endgame. Oh good. I've good. seen so yeah I've seen Infinity War and Endgame now. Mm-hmm. I haven't gone back anything before like. Still haven't seen pretty much anything from the 2010s. Okay. is basically what I've determined. I think the best part about it is, though, there's so much attention to detail that they're they already have like movie concepts when the other movies are being shot. And like, yeah, they yeah because it's all based off lot. of comic books. Yeah. No, it's just it's a it's a delight. And I'm amazed at the continuity that exists. Yeah, Because how? 
Right. <laughs> so that's been uh, taking up my time for the most part. Uh, nice. Any watch time I have is going towards that right now. Nice. Yeah. But I also decided it's Sunday, so it was okay to like watch movies. Hell yeah. You had That's, the opposite Sunday from what I, I understand. I sure did. <laughs> it basically just like worked on the basement all day, which is nice because like the ceiling starting to go up and I can kind of like starting to, it's like starting to the point where I'm seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. But there's still like a decent amount of tunnel left. No, but you're seeing, you're seeing it coming together and that's exciting. Yeah. It's a big was, undertaking. Yeah. I was like thinking about going to work on it more after this, but then like right before this, I was like half under my staircase trying to screw a piece of drywall into something. And I'm like, fuck it. I'm done for today. I can't do this anymore. I think that's okay. Don't rush. Don't rush things yeah. like that because. Once you get to fuck the shit o'clock, it's time to stop. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Because then you're just going to do bad work. Yeah. Yeah. I have to remind myself of that constantly when I'm doing things is like when I get into that frustrated space, like maybe not give up for the day every time, but like sometimes, yes. But at least like, walk away. Walk away for a little bit. Do something completely unrelated. Yeah. Decompress. See yeah. how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. It's just a frust because the, the ceiling, we're using six foot long boards. That's a that's a big that's a big board. It's a big board, and also like basically, I'm holding it up with one hand and trying to put a screw at the tip of my drill, and then get that screw into the board, get like two in, so it can hold itself up, and then I can yeah. finish it. Oh wow! A lot of fucking swearing <laughs> going on in that basement. <laughs> that's fair. It's the sign of a true true DIY project. That's totally fair. You know what? Though you'll have a beautiful basement in the end. That's yes. That's what really matters. Exactly. I do have to tell you though, I was inspired by the sun today. Yes. And I did make. Ooh, that's a fun cup. Yeah, it's a. It's like uh, I got it for free. It's a little tiki face cup. Uh, I made some behind the scenes videos waiting for you, so maybe I'll post <laughs> them. <laughs> do it. And so I I made a rum pineapple egg white thing, and I put. Well, it's like an apple pie spice mix, but it's mostly like cinnamon and nutmeg on top because that uh, sounded yum. like it might go. And it's pretty. Is it is it slapping? Yeah. <laughs> oh, now I'm sad I didn't make a drink. I was I was drinking pomegranate martinis earlier oh. this weekend. Um, And those were delicious. But like they snuck up on me. That's totally fair. Yeah. Uh, I like. Was thinking about it and it's starting to get nice out. Pretty soon I'll be able to put the hot tub back up. Oh, yeah. I love that it seems thing. like that just came down. That's crazy. I like, yeah, I think it came down early October. I got to see if I can um, fix the like the shell of the tent. Like so like because mm-hmm. the tent ended up in a tree at the end of last season. Oh, OK. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was last season's cliffhangers. It ended up in a tree. So then. We're going to start this new season off, seeing if we can fix it. Uh, this season on plan. Backyard Tent. <laughs> new show coming to HGTV. Exactly. I was like, what network? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Well, you would like to get to a story. I would love to get to a story. I'm ready for a story. I could use a story. Good. Let me put... Make a thumbnail size so you fit up in the top screen of my corner, or top Ooh, corner of my screen. Top corner. 
Uh, nothing but the best. Yes. Okay. Have you heard of a man named Art Servi? No. Have you heard of a man named Bozo the Clown? Yes, I definitely have. I well, always wanted to play that bucket game where you get stuff. I don't know if I know the bucket game. Oh, he would like put out Do these buckets. Do you know the bucket game, the bucket game, the bucket <laughs> game? Do you know the bucket game that Bozo the Clown does? Yeah. The Muffin Man's got a history, a sordid history. Mm. But the bucket game, he put like a series of like, I don't know, 10 buckets or whatever. And you got a ping pong ball and each bucket you got went into you got a prize. So like the kid playing the game would just like get more and more prizes for each Ooh. bucket. That they, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there was another name. I don't think it was called the bucket game, but I I don't know. It had a pretty catchy song. (laughs) But yeah, Bozo the Clown. One of the Bozo the Clowns. We'll get into later why there's multiple Bozo the Clowns. Oh, okay. Yeah. But he was kind of like the best known in Detroit. He was kind of Detroit's Bozo the Clown. Okay. So I broke it into two sections, the man and the clown. So (laughs) we're starting with the man. Fantastic. Yeah. So Art Servi was born on, which I'm just guessing it's Servi. It's C-E-R-V-I. Okay. Sure. Curvy, Curvy, Servi. One of those. Yes. He was born uh, September 4th, 1934 in Mount Pleasant, New York. Not Michigan, New York. Oh, twist. Yeah. Plot twist. Oh, y'all want a twist? (laughs) Yeah. New York. (laughs) But so his family moved permanently to Michigan in the 50s. Uh, it kind of sounded like they bounced back and forth a little bit, but then like in the 50s, they were like permanently, we're going to stay in Michigan. Okay. So he started working out, started off working at furniture stores in the Redford Garden City area in the 50s. Didn't do that for long because it sounds like after that, he got a job as a board operator at WKMHAM, which is a radio station. Okay. Sure. Which I guess this radio station changed names like not too much longer so he started at WKM- WKMHAM which soon turned into WKNR AM or Keener 13 I don't know why they called it Keener 13 but well they always drop the K for some or the W for some reason when they're like making cute nicknames for state I don't know why but I've noticed that before I don't get the four letter thing any like because it's like like because there's there's channel seven which is WXYZ Mm-hmm. Then WWJ News Radio 950. That's the only, I only know that one because every once in a while my dad will turn that on when we're in the car. But I just remember WWJ News Radio 950. That's a mouthful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't really understand why we have to give letter names to radio stations and TV stations, but probably Pop do with says. towers. Is that yeah. a tower thing, maybe? We're not a broadcasting podcast. No. Not a radio podcast. No. But we are a podcast podcast. Yes. So Keener 13 or WKNRAM uh, would bring the newfangled rock and roll to the teens and young adults at the oh. time. Wow. Yeah. That rock and that roll. The whole package. Yeah. So Art, along with a disc jockey by the name of Robin Seymour, developed a teen dance show called Swingin' Time. Oh. Uh, it would air six afternoons a week on Channel 9 in Windsor. And they would get rock acts from the day, like The Love and Spoonful, Paul Revere and the Raiders, Bobby Sherman, 
Bobby Goldsboro, some local acts like Bob Seeger and Mitch Ryder and the Detroit so, Wheels. All the Bobbies. All the Bobbies <laughs> and a Bob. Two Bobbies and a Bob. <laughs> um, also, they got some Motown representation with the Supremes and Marvin Gaye. Oh, those yeah. are some good ones. Yeah. So I do have a quote from DJ Pat St. John from a Detroit Public TV documentary about the aforementioned DJ Robin Seymour. Okay. Who's the one who uh-huh, set up uh-huh. swing in time? Quote It was the hippest thing in town. <gasps> wow. Which, like, all that build up for that quote. It was the <laughs> hippest thing in town. Uh, you couldn't even throw in, like, a man or a. Yeah. Snap. Uh, <laughs> but so the show said that 200 teens would show up a day to land one of the 40 to 50 slots on the show. Wow. Which, like, all things considered, that's, like, a 20 to 25% chance. So that's, like, decent. This is reminding me a lot of Hairspray. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. At the Corny Collins show. Yeah. I bet you it kind of was like that. Except for, mm-hmm. like, instead of, like, the same crew of people dancing, I think it was just kind of like they'd pick, like, 40 people every day. And yeah. come dance. Come dance to our hip-fangled rock and roll music. There was also, I think that was like a big thing back in the day, though, too, because there was also that one. Um, American Bandstand. Well, yeah, but there was also a Sarah Jessica Parker movie where she like goes to audition for a, like a dancing show like that. So you Is think you can dance? Girls? No, I think it's girls just want to have fun. Is that it? Oh, that's the movie. I'm trying to star search. No, that was an actual show. OK, no, that girls just where... want to have fun as a movie with. I think I think that's the one with SJP, Sarah Jessica Parker. I think so, too, from like. The 80s, like she was like yeah, a teen. Was, yeah. I think it's about her going to a, one, one of those dance shows. <laughs> She's dancing. I think. Is it Footloose? No, that's yeah. the show where they can't dance. Oh, yeah. No dancing allowed in Footloose. They all got two left feet. They all want to dance, so they do anyway because they're, they're badass. Um, can I make a confession right here, yeah. right now? You've never, I've seen, never Footloose. seen Footloose. Yeah, never. Um, is it worth? Do you think it's worth it? Take yes. off your nostalgia glasses and tell me it's worth it. I think so. It's been a second okay. since I've seen it, so I can't like speak. But it, I, I know I saw it when I was young, but I did watch as an adult at some point for sure too. Okay, and it's more because it's more about like um, because the whole premise is like the the town's like uh basically most of the people in the town adhere to uh rel- certain religious qualities, which is why dancing is like bad and like they're not allowed to do it and this new person comes into town i think he's new and like yeah he's like i just gotta dance, dance. <laughs> but it's about like kind i of think it's a pop culture reference want. i need to know you know because i feel like i like make mm-hmm. footloose jokes but i've fully never seen footloose it's kind of about breaking out of like the rules you know what i mean like th- like stupid rules essentially yeah like, this is archaic and dumb. We're going to yeah. do it. Yeah. We're going to dance. Yep. <laughs> With Kevin Bacon. Yes. So this show, which was not Kevin Bacon. No. It was just swinging And not Footloose. This was encouraging dancing, it sounds like. Yeah. Like I said, he'd get like Sarah, he was kind of in charge for booking acts. And uh, one time he booked an act that was a little too hip. <gasps> Uh-oh. It was a band called Frank Zappa and the Mother's Invention. 
Oh. From, it was in 1996 or 1966. <laughs> yes, 1996. Zappa. Yes. No, it was 1966. They had just put out a two-disc LP called Freak Out that had songs like Who Are the Brain Police and Trouble Coming Every Day, which was written about the 1965 Watts Rebellion in L.A. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which, like, I was like, what was that? What's the Watts Rebellion? I looked it mm-hmm. up and it was a, a big uprising or riot. I don't know what the correct term is. If I like, you know. Riot, uprising, rebellion, some kind of civil unrest happening in the neighborhood of Watts in L.A. Yeah. And it went on for like under almost a week, apparently. OK, wow. So they played they came on, they played this song about the Watts rebellion and it got people feeling all kinds of ways. OK. The switchboard was flooded with both positive and negative calls. Mm-hmm. When quoted in the free press about it, Zappa said, quote, We are systematically trying to do away with the creative roadblocks that our helpful American educational system has installed to make sure nothing creative leaks through to the masses. So it is like Footloose. Yes. (laughs) I think the title of this episode just needs to be, is it or isn't it Footloose? (laughs) Is Uh, it Footloose or Foot Sturdy? I don't know. (laughs) Yes. Foot Stable. (laughs) So the swing in time would run until 1968 and it would end due to changing times and an edgier music scene. Mm. Couldn't have those teens listening to that hip new music. Mm-mm. So this was kind of when Art Servi would take on the role of Bozo the Clown. But we're going to go on a quick side journey. We're going to the clown part of the segment now. Mm-hmm, covered mm-hmm. a little bit of the man. Now we're covering the clown. Fair. So how much like what do you know about Bozo the Clown? Very little. I know it was a TV show that was on for like decades and decades upon decades. Yeah. So obviously there had to be more than one bozo because it was on for so long. Um, basically, I just know that it was a TV show. There was many. And I kind of remember a blip of a memory that there was some relation to Detroit or Michigan, but I didn't. I would not be able to tell you anything about that. But when you said it, I was like, oh, this makes sense, I think. Yeah, no, it does. And I'm excited because I don't know what it is. So it's interesting because Bozo was a franchise. Okay. So we first saw Bozo in 1946, or maybe even, I don't know if we saw him, but we heard him. No, we definitely didn't. It was He was only a voice at this point. Um, Radio? No, it was actually a part of Capitol Records. They were making a, like, set that came with records and books to like kind of teach kids how to read okay so the character was created by a man named alan w livingston and portrayed by pinto colvig like i said it was only a voice because uh for a read-along book set with accompanying records okay in 1949 pinto would go on tv playing the character of bozo the clown and then it's kind of like they didn't nothing really much happened in the bozo world until like 1956 when uh, a man by the name of Larry Harmon would buy the creative rights to Bozo. Mm-hmm. So Harmon was uh, one of the actors that was hired by Capitol Records to play Bozo. Like I said, Capitol Records is the one who put out this record set with Bozo mm-hmm. on. They basically like created the character of Bozo and like they'd have people go out and play Bozo for different things. And so this guy Harmon was like, hey, let me let me buy the rights to this character. Okay. 
And he was able to do it because Livingston, the guy who created the character at Capitol Records, left in 1956. So Harmon kind of was like, since he's gone, can I can I have it? Mm-hmm. Can I have that bozo? And he's it worked out. An open door. Yeah. He bought the rights to Bozo and he renamed him to not just Bozo, but it's Bozo, the world's most famous clown. Oh, wow. Yeah. He, right off the bat. Right. He was like, I, you know what? We are taking this Bozo to the next level. <laughs> um, He tweaked some of the details of the character, like the voice, the laugh and the costume. Mm-hmm. And he worked with a wig stylist to create the uh, iconic orange wingtip number. Yep. Um, it was made out of yak hair. That was oh, yak. Yeah. My. Um, it, that's okay. Yep. Oh my God. This wig sounds awful. I'll get to it in a minute. But um, so the character then would become a franchise, meaning that local TV stations could produce their own bozo shows if they paid Harmon for the rights. Okay. So instead of like syndicate, so it's different from syndication, which like I like just to keep myself straight, I had to write, I like wrote down what both like, so syndication is like showing the same recording to a different audience. Like they would buy the rights to mm-hmm. broadcast the show. Franchising was like, okay, you can use this character and make your own show, but with this character. Okay. So this kind of meant that some standardization was needed because. If you're going to try and have the same character in different cities, you have to have like some kind of standardization. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what Harmon did. (laughs) So there was one factory in Hollywood that would make the yak hair wigs. And so is yak hair attached to a canvas base put on top of starched burlap interior. Oh, God, that sounds awful. Awful. Like, Let's take this scratchy material, put it on top of a scratchier material that's been starched into a shape, and then uh-huh. cover it in fucking yak hair. Oh, God. Yeah. I have a quote from Bob, Bob McNee, who we'll get to in a little bit, but he said, The bozo wig was awful. It was like having your head in a vice. It sounds like it, but worse. Yeah. They also would paint the eyebrows onto the wig. So... Like, because it was like basically a bald cap, because like Bozo yeah. was bald except for like the like orange juts of hair sticking out the side of his head. Yeah, yeah. And then they just paint the eyebrows onto this wig, which I can, it just, it boggles the mind. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. So along with the wig, you'd have to buy the costume from Harmon. So mm-hmm. naturally. Yeah. And he also created something called the Bozo Boot Camp. Where, quote, every bozo was schooled in the fine art of clownsmanship. Okay. I mean, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Like, they so, need some training. Right. So, like, basically, they'd buy the wig, they'd buy the costume, they'd go to bozo boot camp, and they would learn how to be bozo the clown. Interesting. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um. Also, it was uh, a rule part of, like, the licensing, franchising, whatever. Uh, half of any public appearance fee earned by any bozo had to go to Harmon. Oh, wow. That's a lot. That seems right? heavy. Yeah. Right? Like, maybe a bit too much. Like, I, I get like 10% or something like that. Just. Yeah. But, that wow. kind of bite him in the butt a couple times, as I'll get to. But. Okay. Uh, so in 1965, Harmon bought out his business partner. So he was like the sole owner of the rights. Because before he kind of had a partnership with Capitol Records and like. 
he like mostly owned it, but not really. But 1965, mm-hmm. he straight out, he owns the rights to Bozo the Clown. And this is when he would start trying to make a national syndicated version because he thought if he could do that, he'd make more money rather than franchising. Yeah. And so he, from 1965 to 1967, created 130 half hour long episodes. And he actually was able to get it syndicated to a few cities. So like it was uh, New York, L.A., D.C. and Boston. Okay. Got some of those like Harmon, the Harmon, Bows of the Clown. But most stations kind of preferred to keep making their own. So it syndication really wasn't working out how he wanted it to. Mm -hmm. But uh, according to Larry Harmon Pictures Corporation, 183 people have played Bozo all around the world. Wow. It's like a club. Right? (laughs) I had no idea. Like, because like you hear the name Bozo the Clown, but like I'd never thought like there were like, I don't know. It's just kind of like. It's just such a like Bozo the Clown. Yeah, no, I didn't know. I mean, I knew it was more than one person just for yeah timeline sake. It had to be, but oh, wow. Yeah. So now we're kind of coming back to Detroit. So the clown in the city. Yes. For right now. So uh, Detroit would get its first glimpse at Bozo the Clown in 1955 on WWJ TV Channel 4. Okay. Uh, the original Detroit Bozo was played by a man named Bob McNee, who I quoted earlier about how he hated the wigs. Uh-huh. And he was actually a clown in a few circuses around the city, and he also worked for the Shrine Circus, which I believe we Heard covered yeah. in the State Fairgrounds episode, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. I recall, yeah. We love a callback. Uh-huh. We really do. I mean, it's all connected. It's all connected. Right. Just like life. Yes. <laughs> The circle of life. So his original run was very successful and he ended up getting two shows a day at some point. And it was even the first children's program in Detroit to switch to color. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, you got to see that yak hair. Yeah. You got to see that yak hair mm-hmm. for that orange color that it mm-hmm. was. However, the good times wouldn't roll forever for this bozo because Apparently the way that Bob McNee played Bozo was not set to the standards laid out in Harmon's Bozo playbook. Oh no, he got in trouble? Yeah, Yeah. so Harmon thought that McNee played Bozo as too genteel and subdued, and he did not do it in front of an audience, which was also a big no-no. I mean, first of all, clowns are terrifying, so please be genteel and subdue yourself as a clown. I appreciate that. Also, like your clown needs to be badass. Like what? I don't. What? <laughs> right. Like, uh, I kind of get the audience thing, but also not mm-hmm. really because it's TV. But so that kind of accompanied with raising franchise fees led WWJ TV to end the contract with Harmon. Oh, they did, however, keep McNee on and they were able to create a new clown character named Oopsie the Clown. So <laughs> okay. Oopsie. Sure. Uh, yeah, so he would continue to do Oopsie the Clown on WWJ TV Channel 4 until he moved to Ontario's uh, CKCO TV in 1979, where Oopsie would go on until 1994, which is much wow. longer than I thought it would have been. Yeah. Yeah. Good job, Oopsie. Yeah. So, but once Bozo was done at Channel 4, the next Detroit Bozo would uh, be in Windsor with. Uh, CKLW TV Channel 9 
Mm-hmm. And so in 1967, local performer Jerry Booth was tapped for the role of Bozo. Uh, he would do the role for a few months before tapping out. Which, like, fair, because the show was so popular, it was on for an hour and an hour every weekday in the morning, another hour in the afternoon, <gasps> and a half hour on uh, both Saturday and Sunday. So, like, oh 11 hours of programming a week. Yeah. Like, every day? That's insane. Two hours every day. An hour in the morning and an hour in the afternoon. No. That is too, too much, much, Bozo. Yeah. No, no, no. Less is more. Yeah. Especially with clowns. Yeah. So, like, it wasn't just Bozo on the show. He had some companions, like Mr. Houdini, spelled W-H-O-D-I-N-I. Houdini. Cute. Uh, a magician played by Larry Thompson and Mr. Calliope, a pianist played by Wally Townsend that would accompany Bozo. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Buddies. Like I said, that was uh, Jerry Booth. He only made it a couple months. Well, yeah, with that schedule. The next person made it a single day. <gasps> yeah. Oh, my gosh. And so this is about when people started pressuring art to audition, like art serving, the mm-hmm. guy we talked about at the beginning. Yeah. He had no camera experience, so I understand why he was hesitant, because that's intimidating. But mm-hmm. the people, the reason why people were trying to get him to audition is because he was very good with kids, apparently. I mean, that seems like a good idea. I mean, like a prerequisite for the role. Yeah. So eventually he put on the suit, he cut an audition tape and then forgot about it. Okay. Later on, he was called into an executive's office where they told him the following. I don't know what we're going to do with you. You are by far the best of all the candidates, but you have the least on-camera experience. Let's try this for 30 days. So that 30 days turned into almost 15 years. It must have gone well. Yeah. So one of the reasons why Servi may have been more successful than his predecessors were some of the changes made. So they brought in an audience. So they had an audience now. Mm-hmm. They phased out cartoons because I guess a lot of the earlier Bozo stuff had been like, it's Bozo, then cartoons. Bozo, then cartoons. Okay. So they cut out the cartoons and went for more of a variety show approach where like they could have bring on local talent and national celebrities to come onto the show. Mm -hmm. you know live talent live audience makes sense oh yeah in the gaps between acts the kids from the audience would play games to win prizes Mm -hmm. one of the most coveted prizes being a six pack of orange crush (laughs) like love that love that these kids were just amped about winning a six pack orange crush (laughs) or mr houdini would pull kids up to assist him in magic tricks that'd be very exciting Yeah. So Art would also sing two to three times a show and apparently had a good voice. He would sit next to Mr. Calliope on the piano and sing a little ditty for the audience. But he would use his real voice for the singing and not the bozo voice. Okay. So like I said, it sounded like he had a good voice. So Mm -hmm. that's interesting, though, because like you don't see clowns sing like that's not usually a thing. So. No, they're usually all like slapstick and let me throw a pie at them and, and walk my around shoes too big. Yeah. yeah. I do have a quote from DetroitKidsShow.com curator Eric Golick. He seemed like he was having a good time. That wasn't always true with everyone who played the character. Some of these guys looked like they wanted to be anywhere but out in front of the kids. But Art enjoyed that. Oh, I that does make for a good performer, I think. Yeah. Like, nobody wants to see someone perform who doesn't want to be there. No, it's the worst. Because the audience can tell. 
Yeah. So either enjoy it or get the hell off the stage. Yeah. But it sounds like so like Art was loving it. The kids were loving him doing Mm -hmm. it. And I have another quote from the Detroit Free Press article from John Fairley. Quote, For every kid in Windsor, getting a ticket to the Bozo show was a true rite of passage. You lived for the day that you could be on that show. Aww. And then the kids in Detroit were just screwed. I mean, they could go. I mean, it was back in the 70s. They could just. That's true. It was a lot easier. They could just walk across the bridge. Yeah. They didn't didn't need parents. They didn't need any. Like, they just. They could wander right into that studio if they wanted. (laughs) True. Uh, one interesting thing that Sari would do to uphold his secret identity that he had mm-hmm. a clause in his contract that required him to be chauffeured to the station in full gear. Huh. So his reasoning was not because he was a diva clown, but rather he was worried that if the kids saw Bozo without all the regalia, mm-hmm. it would ruin the connections he had with the kid. Oh, so he like is... never wanted to see like, you know, like the whole adage of like seeing Santa smoking out back behind the yeah, dumpster. Yeah. No, that's good. Right. Don't ruin the the illusion. Right. So he was very much about like keeping the illusion. So he would keep that like he was very dedicated to his clownmanship. <laughs> Good. Um, so this iteration of the Bozo show would go on until either 1975 or 1977. I have conflicting sources about that. Mm-hmm. But it was due to the Canadian border protection rules, uh, forced the station to cancel the show because most of the staff was American. Oh, so like they're having to cross the border every day and Canadian border patrol is like, no, 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 no. You better cancel that show. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Uh, this didn't end Bozo's big top though. That was the name of the actual show. Bozo's big top. Uh, honey, a big top, honey. (laughs) Um, So this version of the show was actually able to be syndicated. So once it moved back to America, they were able to syndicate this version. And this, the ver- like the art series version would play in cities like L.A., New York, Las Vegas, and Wichita. Oh, wow. Love that Wichita was thrown yeah. in there. <laughs> you know what? Good for you, Wichita. Oh, yeah. Wichita deserves it. Yeah. I think. I don't know. Sure. So when they moved back to America, they uh, put the show on WJBK TV Channel 2, where it ran until 1979. Wow. And the reason it kind of ended is because like the syndication, while they were doing it, it wasn't going how the station wanted, and they lost interest in trying to produce such an ambitious show. Okay. Because obviously it was a lot of work. If they were like yeah. getting local talent, doing it twice a day. That's like, too much too much so and also like i feel like towards the 80s people are getting a little less interested in clowns that's just my but it was on on in like the 80s and the 90s it must have just been reruns at that point then really okay or maybe i don't know unless someone else picked up the the nose yeah just because i remember like i remember seeing it bozo the clown like yeah huh yeah, they must have like either syndicated, like maybe some other city syndication took off or maybe it was reruns. I don't know. Maybe. Like maybe like, do you remember if it was like Detroit specific or was no. it? Nope. Okay. <laughs> I barely remember it. I just remember the bucket. Yeah. That's it. That's literally my memory of that. The good old bucket game. <laughs> I do remember the hair. Do you know the bucket game, the bucket game, the bucket game? <laughs> 
So that was the end of Bozo on the Detroit Airwaves, but Servi would occasionally dust off the old red nose for guest appearances, uh, but officially retired Bozo in the mid-90s. Wow. Yeah. Uh, in 2014, a memoir that was titled I, D- or I Did What? So it was by Herb Metzner as told by Art Servi. I'm not quite sure what that means. Maybe Art just was like, let me tell you a story. And Herb was like, let me write that story down. That's kind of what I'm reading that as. Yeah. Well, or opposite, too. It could be the opposite. I don't know. Yeah. So the two of them put out a book in 2014 called (laughs) I Did What? Question mark. There was a question mark at the end. Uh, In 2016, Servi was honored with the Northern Star Award for his achievements in television and positive effect on generations of children from the Retorama Classic Collectibles Con. And on February 15th of this year, Savory uh, would pass away in his home in Novi at the oh. age of 86. So, oh, wow. Thought it would be a nice memoriam to kind of cover Bozo and him. Yeah. Because, like, I, I was talking about it. My cousin Jerry was over doing construction on me today. And I was, like, do, telling him I was doing Bozo the Clown. And it's like, oh, yeah, I love Like, he remember Bozo the Clown. I don't know if he loved him, but. He's like, oh, Bozo, that's interesting. So I was telling him about it. But uh-huh. um, I wanted to end with a quote from Sarah about his role as Bozo. Okay. Quote, the biggest key to Bozo is that he's a friend. Kids relate to him. In a sense, I am a teacher. I teach love and respect. If that's not educational, I don't know what is. Oh. Right? Yeah, that's like, lovely. Yeah. So Detroit legend, Art Servi, rest in peace. And yeah. Bozo will live on in the hearts of those who saw. Yes. And maybe someday Jess will get to play the bucket game. Who Do knows? you know the bucket game? Although I can't say that I want a six pack of Orange Crush uh, ever. Really? Not an Orange Crush person? No. I had an Orange Crush Zero Sugar yesterday. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I was at Meyer with EJ and he was like, I'm gonna get these for a change, and I'm like, pop off. I didn't Literal. even know that was a pop thing. F- first of all, and yeah. I, yeah, I just I can't do like sweet soda. And, like, I get it. I drink too many Lacroix or something. I don't know. I have fully gone back to drinking pop. I've realized. I do like Diet Pepsi, actually Diet Cherry Pepsi. So, ooh, see, right now I have in the fridge. I got like a 24 pack of Diet Pepsi mm-hmm. and just a 12 pack. Of Coke Zero Cherry. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, real quick before I forget, we hear my sources. Oh, yeah. uh, Detroit Free Press, an article from there, Deadline Detroit article, popculture.com, Windsor Public Library website, and our favorite, Wikipedia. Of course. Fantastic. Yes. Thank you. Loved it. Never would have thought of it. So glad you came up with it. Haven't heard the name Bozo in years. Yeah, I figured it'd be a fun throwback, especially because my mom wrote me, um, wow, I did not realize how dark it had gotten in my room. <laughs> it's I been getting progressively dark watching I you know, disappear. I, I really, the office is almost done. So yeah. office slash recording space, I'll be setting up in there soon and yeah, I'll have fine. lighting. It's fine. Uh, you just become a mystery voice let me in turn the, the, the darkness. On. Oh, sure. Okay. Let me use this book. To reach the light switch from my chair. Okay. What Fantastic. Okay, we're good. But yeah, I just I saw that article and I was like fascinated by the idea of a franchised character like that. Yeah. And just like 
Oh, oh, I was getting to with my mom. She was like, Marvel, I don't understand this. You should talk about Shit's Creek, something my age group. So I'm like, I won't do Shit's Creek, but I will do Bozo the Clown. Nothing against Shit's Creek. I just haven't watched much of it yet. It's really good. You should definitely watch it. I like just keep watching episodes. I'm like, okay. And it hasn't really grabbed me yet. And I want it to. It takes off past episode five. The first five I didn't like and I gave up on it when it first came out. And I was like, oh, I guess it's just not for me. Like, it's fine, but it's predictable and like whatever. Yeah. But really, it's just like they're setting up some stuff. Mm-hmm. But after that, it gets good. Yeah. And the last season is incredible. OK. Like incredible. I feel like I need to wait a little bit, then I'll get back into it just because like. I'm not really in a sitcom kind of mood lately. I haven't been watching much TV. And when I want to watch yeah. TV, it's not like a sitcom right now. You know, I wouldn't call it a sitcom, though. I don't know. It's got a little more kind of heart and like soul. Okay. Than I would say a, a, I don't I don't know. I don't even know how yeah. to define like the modern day sitcom because it used to be like, oh, sitcoms like live studio audience, laugh track, like, da, 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 you know. Yeah. Multi or no single. Cam- I don't know. I can uh, difference. Multicam. Okay. Yeah. Because the whole uh, thing is that's why they could do it in front of a live studio audience. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, eventually, I will watch Shit's Creek, but mm-hmm. for now, just Bozo the Clown. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, and sorry to Nancy, this will be the last episode, maybe, of talking about Marvel. But I probably do have, not because we're both watching it. Yeah. It'll come up again, and she can deal. <laughs> but I do have some bad and happy news. Your two truths and lie. Actually, speaking of multicam shows, is about WandaVision. Okay. Yeah. I ju- I'm all cut up. I think I, like the most recent was the season finale, right? Yes. Okay. Actually, and it is a series finale. I was completely wrong on it. It was a okay. series finale, but there's probably going to be, I mean, there's going to be extensions with those characters beyond it. Yeah. And they haven't, they don't have plans for a second season, but there could be one, but it was never like the original thought. I kind of hope it doesn't get a second season. I would rather see the story focus on someone else. Not that I don't love Scarlet Witch and Vision, but like, mm-hmm. I feel like they they like told the story. They got in, they told the story, and they got out cleanly. She will be returning in a movie. No, for sure. Yeah, like, I like I kind of want to know what happened to Monica because like she kind of has superpowers ish now, and like they're gonna send her to space. Let's get into the two truths and lie. (laughs) So, fact number one, Darcy Lewis, played by Kat Dunnings, existed in the comics as the younger sister of a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent who snuck in at a young age and discovered secret files on a computer system, only to later help decode the files and help save the Earth from the Kree. Okay. Number two, in the comic book, Scarlet Witch, Wanda, originally had a mutagenetically, a genetic mutant... (laughs) evolved cow woman named bova is a nanny she helped birth scarlet witch and quicksilver and took care of the twins after they'd been abandoned okay and monica rambeau is the second captain marvel in the comic book series uh she eventually takes on as she is the daughter of maria lambeau aka carol danvers captain marvel's best friend and fellow fighter pilot interesting okay hmm I'm going to say two is a lie. Uh, Two is actually true. In the comic book series, there was a cow nanny. Okay. 
Also, I guess, too, I didn't read this part, but somebody told me that Agatha was also a nanny to a lot of superhero children at one point. In some I could believe books. that, given her role and everything, mm-hmm. it seems like. Trying to figure out which children to steal the powers from. She's also a mentor to Scarlet Witch in the comic books. Like, she teaches her stuff. It's interesting because, like, she, you can't say she wasn't teaching her stuff. No, she definitely in like, the show, but like, it wasn't plenty. like a, it wasn't the like, wasn't the best teaching no. methods. We'll say it wasn't in a kind way. <laughs> no. Okay, so now we're left with one and three. Okay, so three is basically that Monica becomes Captain Marvel two point Correct. And one is. Can you repeat one? Uh, Darcy Lewis existed in the comics as the younger sister of a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent who snuck in at a young age and discovered secret files on a computer system only to later help decode the files and help save the Earth from the Kree. Okay, I'm gonna go with that one. That one is definitely, most definitely a lie. I made that up so much. Uh, Darcy Lewis actually never existed in the comic books. She does, however, appear in the Thor movies, Thor 1 and Thor 2, basically to provide a little bit of sarcasm and a little bit of comic relief. As she is a um, not an assistant, she's a um, intern. She's there to be brunette Hillary Duff or brunette 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 Lizzie McGuire because I feel like she has very big Lizzie McGuire energy, and I'm not sure why. I'm not going to totally agree with you on that, but <laughs> yeah. sure. Um, no, because she, she plays an intern to Natalie Portman, who plays yeah. like a scientist in in the movies. Yeah. Yeah. But I forgot that. And I was watching Thor and I was like, I forgot this character existed before WandaVision. And I love that they brought her back. I think that was like a really, I love when the universe works like, like they, yeah. that's what I appreciate. And I do MCU. like Kat Dennings. Mm-hmm. I like, haven't seen a ton of her work, but what I've seen, mm-hmm. Jeff's kisses. I like her. Yeah. So just to expand on number three. So Monica Rambeau, y- you will be seeing her again. I didn't even read anything about it, but I guarantee you. Uh, yeah, because she is the daughter of Carol Danvers, best friend. And she also uh, was the headline of a drama book series. They called it called Marvel Divas Limited. Marvel Divas Limited. Yes. Love it. it. Place drama as its main aspect. So it follows four superheroes, all who are looking for a new love interest who meet their personalities. Oh, OK. How was this perceived? <laughs> this like big for her. I have no idea. I I think it was like, oh, sh- you know, it was a shoot off. So like, I'm sure it was when this character was still like younger. I don't I got the impression yeah. this was like teenage version of it, Um, you know, and there's a lot of stuff that happens in the comic book series that doesn't happen in the MCU. Oh, it, yeah. Oh, so you think ad- adapting reason. a book is hard? Bitch. Yeah. Adapt well, a comic and, book. Yeah. Because they're trying to make it this whole universe. And like sometimes yeah. the comic books do actually change some stuff around here yeah. and there, too. Which I did. I I have a few other like fun facts too. Ooh, yes, yes. Summer Wandavision. I did go into MCO a little bit because, like I said, I'm kind of in it right now. Yeah. Uh, so the first episode of Wandavision actually did have a live studio audience. They did actually do a multicam shoot for that episode. Love that. Yeah. To which Ash, uh, Ash. I almost said Ashley Olsen. Oh my gosh, Elizabeth. No. Elizabeth Olsen. To which Elizabeth Olsen actually said it reminded her of being on the set of Full House. Oh. Yeah, because she used to go. Yeah. And actually, I saw a thing where John Stamos, I think it was like on Instagram or Twitter, he posted a thing and it was a picture of him and Elizabeth when she was a kid. And like basically saying he was so proud of her. 
I love that. Yeah. What a stand-up guy John Stamos seems to be. Yeah, he really does. He really does. So there's also, I guess there was a dispute, the first fight between Elizabeth Olsen and Paul. Um, why am I blinking on his last name? I forgot to write it down. Uh, but it starts with a B. Vision? Yeah. Oh, it's like, isn't it a hyphen one? It's a hyphen. I don't think it is. Maybe it's not. It's, no. And I was just reading it like a billion times right before this. And I know his name anyway. So I'm like, but anyway, they uh, apparently they during a kiss scene, some snot got onto both their faces and they disputed over who the snot actually came from. <laughs> they both blame each other. I get that. I uh, Paul Bettany. Bettany. Yes. Thank you. Paul Bettany. Definitely can relate to that. I have been a little bit, I don't know if it's allergies or my house being 30% made up of dust at this point, um, but have been a little snotty myself, so I can well, feel I their mean, pain. Happens. Yeah, happens yeah. to the best of us. Uh, Elizabeth Olsen, though, she also helped choreograph some of the fight scenes, and she worked with a Jenny White, who is a British dancer, and she learned like to isolate her fingers in like specific ways that look more magical. She did a good job. She looks she very magical. Yeah, yeah. And then mm-hmm. um, after the movie, The Avengers, they always have those post credit scenes. And there is a scene where the Avengers, after, you know, saving the Earth from aliens are eating shawarma at a like broken shawarma place. Uh-huh. And Chris Evans doesn't actually eat in the scene. He just kind of like looks at the food and drops it. And there's like almost no talking in this very short scene. And it turns out he had grown a beard for his next movie called Snowpiercer. And... That he couldn't shave it for that last minute scene. And so to keep him looking fresh, they actually, he wore a prosthetic jaw. That seems in- excessive. That seems <laughs> so excessive. Like, I think it's so funny, though. And, that, and he actually like, covers his chin a bit, too. That seems so unnecessary. But like, uh, Snowpiercer was a real turd of a movie, in my opinion. Too. I've never even heard of it, so I don't. I, I was know. mostly just very butthurt by the ending. Well, speaking of that, actually, Chris Evans turned down uh, being Captain America three times before finally taking it. Basically, he was like, he didn't want no. the long term contract because like they have long term contracts of X yeah. amount of movies and stuff. And he was also not sure because it's one of the earlier ones, you know, and he was like, yeah, but he basically said, I remember telling a buddy of mine, if the movie bonds, I'm fucked. If the movie hits, I'm fucked. Yeah. Yeah, it really like. I mean, I think overall it was a good choice, but I, oh, he yeah. got I'm out. Sure, he's fine. I'm now. glad he. Yeah, no, I like. And it seems like he got out at a good time because yeah. after seeing Endgame, mm-hmm. he yeah. passed the torch. He's gonna focus all his efforts on Knives Out too, which I'm very excited about. I don't know. Oh, I didn't know that was in the works. They're getting then. a sequel. Like, I don't know if it's anytime soon, but I know that they. The, I was listening to a podcast with the writer of Knives Out 2, and he's like, I love a good whodunit. It did well. Let's try and do a sequel. Love it. Let's write another whodunit. That's fine. I'm excited now. Right? Uh, yeah. Another, just because I think this is funny. So Thor Ragnarok has a much different title in Japan. So in Norse mythology the ins- that inspired the Thor comics, the term Ragnarok refers to a violent rebirth of the world during which many gods were destroyed. Mm-hmm. And it isn't commonly known in Japanese. So Marvel released the third Thor movie with the title Thor, or I'm sorry, Mighty Thor Battle Royale in reference to the famous Japanese novel and film about child competitors 
fighting to the death in an arena, which is like. I've actually heard of that one. I've seen it. Really? Yes. And it is burned into my brain. Understandably so from what I've heard about it. Well, it's interesting, too, because there there's this video game series, this Japanese video game series that's like, I don't know if it's directly based off of it, but like Mm. it's at least spiritually. It's like they call it a spiritual successor. Okay. Because it's a very similar premise of like kids locked in a school. The only way they can escape is if they kill someone and get away with it. Yeah, I watched it in like my late teens, early 20s. Actually, a couple times I had a friend who had it on. I don't know if it was video or DVD then, but like had it in some capacity. And like anytime there was a group of us around, there was always some dude who wanted to watch it. <laughs> now always <laughs> that one guy. Like, and I'd be like, okay. Uh, yeah. Because it seriously, like. I feel like that's not the kind of movie you want to watch like over and over again. No, I mean, I I don't think it was like a t- I want to say like maybe two or three times, like probably three times. But like I still, it, but. I mean, I kind of like I can kind of I was thinking about this recently because I just watched. Have you ever seen Reefer Madness, the mu- the movie musical? Parts of it. I actually haven't seen the whole thing, which is. Yeah, I don't know why. I've seen it one and a half times now. The first time I fell asleep, the second time I stayed up the whole time. It's one of those movies that's like, why is nobody talking about this more? I can't believe this happened. This is fucking bonkers. You know? Yeah. It's one of those movies where, like, I want people to see it, but I I don't want to watch it 12 times, you know? Yeah, yeah. I don't even know if I want people to see it. I don't know. It wasn't a bad movie. I mean, like, it was a well-made movie, but it would just... It was a lot. Mess with my brain. Yeah. Uh, a couple more, and I'll just... Some kind of quick ones. So Robert Downey Jr. actually snuck snacks onto the Avengers Endgame set because he'd like been doing these movies forever and he knew like how tough the process of making these movies is. And there's actually one scene that makes it into the movie where Tony offers his counterband treats to the rest of the crew. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. Also, during production of Endgame, Robert Downey Jr. told the Russo brothers that one of his kids had said, I love you 3000 to him. And they loved it so much they put it in the movie. Daughter that is precious. Says that. Yeah, I was like, it's oh, precious. that's so cute. And then we're going to end on this one just because I love Bucky. Sebastian Stan who originally auditioned to play Captain America, but he fell in love with the Bucky character because of his arc. Oh. Yeah. I, I just love Bucky. So give Bucky okay. some plums. Oh, and then actually in Civil War, you can spot the blue staircase car from Arrested Development. Oh my god, yes! I've been watching Arrested <laughs> Development. You love how I was like early, I'm like, I'm not really in the mood for sitcoms and then all of a sudden I'm like, yes, Arrested yeah. Development. I've been watching Arrested Development lately. Just That's a good bits one. and pieces. It's so good. Mm-hmm. It's one of those shows that you, like, every time you watch it, you notice details because there's so many little details. Oh yeah. Just like the MCU. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I mean, I could go on forever, but really quick, these are from Ranker, Factionate, BuzzFeed, Screen Ram, Best Life Online, Let's Eat Cake, and CBR.com. Nice. So many things out there. And there's, I think, again, that's the thing that amazes me about this world is like, I don't think I would just be into like a superhero movie on its own. I think it's the crossover and the meticulous attention to detail. I'm sure there's some continuity problems at some point, but like, I've never really seen them other than like they've had to change some actors here or there, but like that happens. The only thing I know like off the top of my head is like 
they made Captain Marvel way too overpowered, which is why like they had like in I don't know if it was Infinity War and probably Endgame. So I don't think she was in Infinity War, was she? No, because she gets um, paged. Yeah. 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 That's the thing is like they're like, oh, I got to save all these other planets. Which, like, I guess makes sense because they like they they can't have someone who's like stronger than all the rest combined because that's basically the vibe I've gotten from Captain Marvel. Oh, she is. I'm no, but she really is. Like her, her and uh, Scarlet Witch are OP. Pretty much. I mean, Scarlet Witch is even more so. I would say, but like, yeah, no, she is one of the stronger. Like that's like a thing. I love that. I love that Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. I love that for her. Well, and too, they got some flack too. I think earlier on for not having enough like women representation. Yeah, within the, oh for sure the universe. It was all straight white dudes. Yeah, they never made them like weak necessarily, but other than like they would always be like the love interest, the or, assistant. Like, yeah, or the person working with them, or you know this other right. than like Black Widow was around, but. Like, they never would kind of get their own story, basically. That, that's kind of what it seems like to me. Like, they kind of would, like, they're always very secondary characters. Very, like, not necessarily like throwaway, but just kind of like, you're not going to see Iron Man 12 and be like, oh, yeah, Pepper Potts mm-hmm. was the main character. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think, th- you know, they, I think they've made efforts to yeah. oh, definitely. do some better things with that and bring in not just you know white dudes yeah Yeah. (laughs) but i love the story i think i just love the story building of of a whole universe i think that is what's starting to drag me in is because i do kind of like that oh there's origin stories Mm -hmm. honestly during the fight scenes sometimes i play solitaire on my phone (laughs) i mean sometimes work i get it Sometimes There's, I have to stop and rewind, though, because I'm like, oh, that seemed like it might actually have to do with the storyline. So, like, I should watch that more carefully. Not that I think there was any risk of you doing this, but never watch a Roger Moore James Bond because you will get stuck in a 40 minute boat chase scene like a speedboat. I think that's why I don't though. like I think that's I'm not like an action. The action parts are always my least favorite parts of action movies. <laughs> it depends. Sometimes if it's either done in an interesting way or like. Yeah, I think it had, like, I'm not here to just watch some guy punch another guy 12 times. Mm -hmm. Like, if it's going to happen, it needs to be, like, either shot really well. Because, like, that's the way, like, Kingsman violence is because it's very, like, speed up, slow down, speed up, slow down. Mm -hmm. So it looks interesting. Yeah. And it's not just straight up fighting. I will say in, uh, actually, Infinity War and Endgame had my attention the whole time, though. Yeah. For sure. So again, yeah. sorry to Nancy. Uh, we love you. We'll, yeah, expand our horizons next time. Um, but yeah, it's been a rough year, so sometimes you have to fall into other universes. Yeah. I think, though, that, that wraps, wraps us. us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh, you were in sync there. How'd we do it? I don't know. Magic. Yes. Uh, if you want to follow us on our social medias, you can find us at Detroit Strange on Instagram and Twitter, Detroit Strange on Facebook, and our email address, DetroitStrange at gmail.com. Yeah. And please subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, that would be lovely. You can oh, you can head to our Threadless shop. We've got some stuff there. Uh, yeah, we've got Detroit our Patreon. Mm-hmm. Patreon, Detroit Strange. Yes. And um, 
we're working on some some new ideas and stuff coming up that I think we're both excited yeah. about. So stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned. And until next time. Stay, stay strange. strange.